Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. movie beat conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television here on movie beat you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and tv and we will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera and i'll provide you with the guests and the information you're going to want to have whether you're a filmmaker or a fan and so now let's move behind the scenes here at movie beat my guest today is writer producer director stand-up comedy actor uh film festival director and so much more mr jeff rector i'm going to tell you about him in just a second but he's going to be coming up live and we're going to talk about how you get your film distributed what makes a good movie festivals acting all sorts of different things you want to want to stay tuned and you're going to want to go and invite someone else to join us and listen in right now so if you're listening live uh, pick up the phone, get on your phone, tweet somebody, text somebody, Facebook them, Twitter them, and say, hey, come join us right now live and listen to Jeff Rector and Rex Sykes' Movie Beat. The official web address is R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S dot com. That's my name, RexSykes.com, and I'm your host. And all of these interviews you can hear live right there from Rex Sykes' Movie Beat at the interviews blog. You just go in, you look at the guest name that you want to listen to, and you click on the link inside the biography page, and voila, you're listening live. Or the good news is all these interviews are also archived. They're available 24-7 for your listening pleasure, so you can listen to them anytime you want. You just go click that link. The very same link that you see on Twitter, you can use live or archive. That very same link you see on Facebook, you can listen to live or archive. Same with the Rex Sykes Movie Beat official site, live or archive. They're also available as podcasts from the iTunes store. So you can listen anytime, wherever you go, download 300 hours, over 300 hours of professional filmmakers sharing their expertise with you. They're sharing secrets, tips, how to, what to do, what not to do, suggestions, advice. They're giving the farm away so that you can advance your career, you can accelerate your career, you can get your projects made, get them to market, get them to audience faster, easier, smoother, with less expense than ever before. So... Rex Sykes Movie Beat really designed to be a resource for you. That's why I'm connecting you up with people that that are in the trenches every day. So all we ask of you is go ahead and invite others to listen so that they can benefit as well. So do that now, live or archived. Invite them to join us and also leave comments at the player, the Blog Talk Radio player. There's a window right underneath the player. Sometimes it's not visible depending on your browser until after that player closes down. But you're going to want to leave comments before, during, after. Uh, you can leave comments while the show is going on. And you can even tweet live things that you like. You hear my guests say, share it with the world. Go ahead, tweet it out there. Put it out there for everyone to enjoy and to benefit. All right, enough about that. But uh, we're glad that you're here. We're glad that you're in the chat room with us. If you're listening to this archive, sadly, that option's not available to you. But next time, listen live, and it will be. Let me tell you about my guest. 
And then I'm going to bring him on. Jeff Rector is a director. He wrote, directed, and produced the feature film Revamped, currently being distributed worldwide and available on Netflix, Blockbuster, Video, and iTunes. Revamped is a feature version of his short film, Fatal Kiss, which won, Fatal, which won awards and was one of the first short films ever acquired by HBO for worldwide broadcast. Pray Another Day, Jeff's second film as a writer, director, and producer, won awards as well for Best Director and Best Music. His next project is the ski and snowboarding comedy Snow Bunnies. Now, as an actor, Jeff's appeared in over 30 feature films, most recently sci-fi's Dina Crock vs. Super Gator, David Carradine's last film, and Alone in the Woods with Michael Madsen for HBO Family, Winged Creatures with Kate Beckinsale uh, for Sony Pictures, and the de- detective thriller Dark World, uh, with Michael Paré and Teresa Russell. Other notable features include the action thriller Trapped for a Lifetime, the sci-fi action film Solar Flare, and the Lionsgate supernatural thriller The Black Gate. Now, on television, just credits include The Bold and the Beautiful, Beverly Hills 90210, True Jackson VP, Everybody Hates Chris, One Life to Live, Angels Among Us, and a recurring role on Gene Simmons' Family Jewels. Now, other notable TV credits include Saints and Sinners, um, Veronica Mars, Punk, Nick Cannon, sketch comedy series, Short Circuits, Star Trek, The Next Generation, and a pivotal character in NYPD Blue. He's got product about how to break into Hollywood. Even if you're a seasoned uh, actor or performer, the product, you'll learn something new on that. I'm going to bring Jeff on right now, and we're going to say hello to you, Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm terrific, Rex. How are you? Hello, listeners out there hello. in the Internet world. There you go. I'm good. I'm glad to have you here. And, oh, I love uh, that setup. I, I didn't realize I did all that stuff. That's that's is, exciting. That is cool. That is cool that uh, that you have done all that. That's awesome. And on top of that, you're the uh, the the director of the Burbank Film Festival, and you're the spokesperson for what the the Academy, Academy. of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films here in Los Angeles, and we produce the annual Saturn Awards. And that's cool. And your website is jeffrector.com. I'm going to spell it J-E-F-F-R-E-C-H-T-O-R.com, correct? R-E-C-T-O-R, like director without the D-I. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I just spell it the wrong way? Yes. I apologize. That's okay. I probably have, mis- I, I probably have misspelled it everywhere. I just looked at it. Uh, You're at not alone. <laughs> sure. So I'm glad you corrected it. So you're jeffrector.com, like director, jeffrector.com. And uh, and the Burbank Film Festival, uh, they can go and look at that. Let me see. I had that. www.burbankfilmfestival.org. .org. All right. Well, there you go. A lot of exciting things coming up. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Awesome. Awesome. Well, now let's now you you told me before the show. Let's give a shout out to somebody who may be listening. I want to give a shout out to uh, our science fiction, fantasy, and horror fans out there. Um, I'm the, the official spokesman for the Academy and uh, have been for about 10 years. I, I grew up as a sci-fi uh, horror nerd like a lot of other guys and gals uh, out there. I grew up with the original Universal Monster movies, Frankenstein, Dracula, The Mummy, etc. And um, and I also, <clears throat> uh, I, I'm going to date myself on this one, but I also... Uh, loved watching a soap opera called Dark Shadows. Oh, geez, of course. It was on ABC, created by Dan Curtis. It was the the first one of its kind, and people started watching it going, what the heck is this, and uh, developed a, a real following. Well, 
the reason I'm mentioning it is uh, Tim Burton is uh, made a remake of Dark Shadows starring Johnny Depp as his favorite uh, actor. Yes. Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, all-star cast. And to launch that upcoming movie, the Sci-Fi Academy, this Sunday at the Lemley's Theater, uh, Royal Theater in Santa Monica, we're screening the original 35-millimeter print of House of Dark Shadows <laughs> with uh, Jonathan Frid and, and all the original characters, a wow. classic film from the 70s. So that's that's going to be very exciting. We've got an actual 35-millimeter print. It is free to all of uh, Rex's listeners out there, plus a guest that's this Sunday, 11 a.m., at the Royal Theater on Santa Monica Boulevard, uh, just west of the 405, and we'd love to see you there. Oh, that's cool. So you're definitely going to want to go to that. And uh, I wish I was there right now so that I could go to that. Hey, do you remember how Dark Shadows, the difference between how it started and what it was to become? Did you did you watch? I watched it from. You know what? From, I didn't. <clears throat> I didn't watch it that religiously to say, "Hey, this is changing." The uh, in the it started as a black and white show and seemed much more supernatural, ghosty, and and mysterious, and then later became, you know, the vampire and werewolf and everything. Um, and it may have been a good year or more before they introduced, you know, um, the the uh, the vampire stuff to it. It it. Uh, it uh, was a very different show when it first started. Barnabas but, Collins didn't start the first season. Nope, nope, not the, not as I recall, not at all. Really? The, yeah, not at all. No. Uh, yeah, we'll have to go back and look and check and see if my memory's I'll have absolutely to go accurate. Back and look at the old shows. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and. Uh, but just to be fair, I was very little, so I. I was uh, me as well. I mean, I wasn't. I don't I mean, remember the ABCs, but. I remember it just being really creepy, and it's like, oh my gosh, there's a there's a monster show on uh, during the day. In the middle of the day, <laughs> like, yeah. This is great. Right. Now we want to say uh, hi to uh, Phil, who says hello. Can I give a shout out to my manager Phil Brock, out there, who's just a great guy. I've known him for years, and uh, I'm I'm working with him right now. Um, I was with a, a another terrific manager for eight years. And unfortunately, she passed away last year. Mm. And um, so it was, you know, we'd become friends over, over you know, a period of eight to ten years of your life. And right. somebody that's really working for you. And But then, uh, you know, as they say, one door closes and another one opens. And uh, I I'm, I'm, had the opportunity to work with a great guy, uh, Phil Brock, who I've known for years. And... Um, Already working like crazy, and uh, just love the man. Well, that's very that's, that's awesome, and and a, a good shout out to Phil. I will also say that Phil has uh, been a guest and will return on on Movie Beat, and you definitely want to go and listen to his show if you haven't yet. So, you know, listeners out there, uh, go to the website, look into uh, Phil Brock, and listen to what he has to say. He's talking as an agent and manager about uh, the show business and 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 how to break in as well. So. Well, Jeff, and uh, and your product is uh, How to Break Into Hollywood. Uh, can you give the exact title so we have that? And... Uh, it's called Acting Success, a.k.a. everything they don't teach you in acting class. And that can be found at? 
Your website? Success.net or through my website, jeffrector.com. All right, all right, awesome. Well, we promised people, we promised listeners that we said that, that one that you know, in, in talking to you about the show, that one of the most important aspects of filmmaking is getting your film distributed. Yes. So, what has to happen in order for uh, a filmmaker to get their feature film uh, to an audience? What? Uh, well, uh, filmmakers, you know, they don't understand how easy it is. All you have to do is just snap your fingers. <laughs> and That's and it great. instantly happens, and right. uh, and you've got a major major studio uh, representing your film. Now, uh, <clears throat> you know what they don't teach you in school is the distribution process. That that that's once you do everything right, and you cast the picture right, and you shoot it right, you get a good DP, you get a good sound guy, you've got a good script, you do everything right, and you make this really good independent film nobody tells you how to sell it what to do with it you're stuck with it and you go well now what um and unfortunately in this business uh the distributor is the last line before uh, profitability and unfortunately and i have to be straightforward and honest with your listeners i'm not going to uh, whitewash anything no there are a lot of crooked distri- lot of crooked distributors out there because they know how easy it is to rip off these independent filmmakers because they they know nothing about it and they give them uh, ridiculous contracts they they uh, they play with the books and the numbers and the reports so it looks like they're not making any money when they are, when they should be giving profit, showing profit, profitability to the filmmaker, they are not, and it's it's really sad and it's really horrible. But that's unfortunately uh, the way it is, and uh, which is probably why they don't talk about distribution in USC or UCLA or any of these film schools, because it probably would discourage the filmmaker not to make the film in the first place. That's a yeah, an excellent point. Uh, however, that's the bad news. The good news is, uh, with all the Internet and YouTube and uh, Hulu and Crackle and all these other uh, uh, Internet platforms, you can now pretty much release your own content, whether it's music videos, feature films, shorts, um, uh, pretty much anything you can self-distribute it, which was unheard of. Uh, you know, when we were coming up through the filmmaking world, right. not, not that you're gonna, uh, not that you're gonna see any money. You might if you get enough hits, but at least it's out there. At least people are seeing it around the world. Where if it's sitting on a shelf, nobody's gonna see it. So Absolutely. Uh, there couldn't be a better time for filmmakers right now to to have distribution or self-distribute. Uh, worst case scenario, if they can't get a distributor to represent it, or what what's the case a lot of times is you make this terrific film, but it's just not commercial. It's It's underground. It's too edgy. It's too dark. Whatever. And it may win some awards at you know at the festivals because everybody goes wow what a great movie, 
It's just not commercial enough for a distributor to pick it up because they know they can't sell it. So it's uh, and, and it, it's not always about how good your movie is. Sometimes it's the topic that uh, that gets in the way. But again, uh, with the Internet, there's all sorts of ways to self-distribute, and, and that's the great news. Well, that is great news. Now, um, let's back up just a bit because uh, while we're talking about self-distribution, um, the the notion that if anybody were going to pick it up or even if you're going to self-distribute it and you want to get hits, making a good movie. You know, you mentioned it before. you got to cast it right. you got to, you know, uh, shoot it well. Well, let's start. You want to do the ABCs of it? Let's do the ABCs of it. Um. Uh, A, always have money. (laughs) You can't can't make a movie (laughs) with spit and shoe polish. You can, but it's probably not going to be very good. Um, uh, You've got to start with with a decent budget or at least um, uh, someone that has the equipment, the microphones, the, the cameras, the lights. You get all that stuff for free. You can you can make a a, a movie uh, pretty pretty low budget and and keep the cost down. If you've got to rent everything, forget it. And uh, filmmakers don't understand how much equipment uh, there really is. And then on top of that, you've got to you've got to pay talent. You've got to pay everybody. You've got to feed everybody. If you don't have free locations, if you can't shoot in your uh, parents' house, then you've got to rent locations. The the costs escalate pretty quick. Right. But I'm 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 surprised at how savvy some of these filmmakers are, and for you know five six thousand dollars, shoot a whole feature film, and it looks pretty good because they were smart producers and they knew how to call in favors and they had enough talented friends that uh, came in and helped out. Now, can I interrupt you right here, Jeff? Yeah. Because you, you you mentioned just now about being a savvy producer. And one of the things that, you know, my show is, you know, about the business of the business as well as the creative side. And a lot of people who are starting out, not the seasoned professionals, not the, you know, people who are in the trenches every day in Hollywood or around the world making, you know, union movies the way they've been made for, you know, 100 years. But the new filmmakers oftentimes are a breed of auteur who think, you know, I have to wear every hat. I have to, I'm going to produce, direct, write, cast, edit, film, you know, my whole movie. They don't necessarily understand the value of having a producer produce with you or for you so that you can be freed up to direct the movie. Can you address, when you say a good producer knowing how to get deals, can you address that uh, topic just a little bit more so people understand the reason absolutely. for having um, and, but, but But with that, you're absolutely right. But with that comes, uh, there's a danger. <laughs> and uh-huh. that is, you find some guy who says, oh yeah, I'm a producer and and I've done uh, three films now, and you go, oh gosh, that's the guy I'm looking for to take the to take the pressure right. off and help me raise money and do that. A producer's job basically is to raise money for the production. What happens nine times out of ten? These guys who think they're producers aren't. 
They think all they have to do is sit around the set talking on the phone, look important, and, uh, um, you know, hit on the actresses. You know, it's... What a job. If someone comes on board and knows his way around and is savvy enough to call in the favors and save the production money, either bring in money or know people where he can get a free location, know know someone where he can get get free equipment. That saves the production company money. That's what a producer's job is. He's also a troubleshooter to make sure everything is is going smoothly, is on the set. If uh, there's a hiccup, he can get on the phone and fix it. Most people don't understand that. They think all they have to do is walk around and and look important. And a lot of times you get somebody like that and you start shooting and there's a problem and they have no idea what to do. True, true. And then that that does a disservice to... And that doesn't help the production. And and I would uh, I would add to that. I mean, that's, it's great that you point that out because with every with every pro, there's a con. And I and I don't mean a con artist, but we could say that. Well, but we there could. Are, there are there, there are people <laughs> who <laughs> yeah, that could fit. So, but there are people who yes, who who uh, don't add value to production. What you always are looking for is somebody who can contribute and bring something to the table and and to help make it work. I, I think of the producer, a, a line producer, or a good producer, is one who. Two things. One, he's not a frustrated director who wants to take over the movie and tell the director how to do it, or she. She's somebody who lets the director right. uh, go with the director's vision, you know, in terms of getting it on the screen and supports that vision. And two is the person who frees up the director from all the other day-to-day concerns, like the first AD does, of running the set so that the director can concentrate on getting that story and getting the performances and right. and. And making sure. So I, I love what you're saying, and I love the fact that the, that that uh, you know when you're out shopping for a producer, you should uh, you know just don't buy the first one who comes along. You know, find out what they've done, how they've done it, what they're going to bring to the table, and things like that. Um, and, and to me, a good line producer, which is again a, a slightly different producer, is absolutely invaluable. Yes, absolutely. And when you find that good producer. That is the per- that that is the guy or the gal that <clears throat> is going to be your best friend and is really going to help the production and is going to be the person that you're going to be working with for many years to come. Absolutely. So continuing with the A, Bs, and Cs, this is I, I, I interrupted you to to address that topic. So money. <laughs> yeah, producer. money. Um, you know, hopefully you have rich parents. Uh-huh. That, that, well, that would be nice. You need to make a movie. Uh, they have new. Um, I haven't. I haven't tried this yet, and I'm. I'm a little skittish about it because it it, it sort of uh, preys on all your friends and relatives. But they've got these these internet sites called Kickstarter, uh-huh. to where you can set a certain budget, like. $6,000 or $10,000 and you get people to literally donate money to this to your project. And if it falls short of the $10,000, you don't get the money. So it's kind of cool because it forces you to reach that goal and if you don't, then nobody's out. So, 
Um, you'll, you can probably get some, some donations from people that normally wouldn't uh, want to invest in a movie but go, you know what, he's probably not going to reach his goal anyway and it won't cost me anything. <laughs> and uh, and you may get some cynical money that, that normally you wouldn't have, and if you reach your goal, then you know, you're in pretty good shape. And that's something new also through the Internet that never happened before. Right, right. I, I have been uh, fortunate to have been on uh, uh, a promoter of many, even even today. I mean, you know, promoter of many different Kickstarter campaigns, and uh, some have made their goals. Some have far exceeded their goals. Some people are raising fifty thousand. Some people are raising hundred thousand dollars using Kickstarter. Some are raising two or three. I've seen campaigns that you know have a small amount, a thousand, and not make it. I've seen. Ones that have you know huge amounts not make it and 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 everything in between where you know they've they've started off saying I want you know twenty five thousand dollars and they end up with sixty thousand so it is a it's a really uh, what looks to be a promising platform it looks like you have to know how to to work it how to utilize it um, it I don't think that you can come in raw you know uh, uh, not knowing anyone or anything I think it depends on your network and your and your social network and your fans and your supporters so. I think everything goes together to contribute. I have seen some people who have put out a campaign and fail. They didn't make their goal and come back a month or two later and then reach their goal. So there's a, there's a learning curve with it, but there's but uh, it does very promising. Looks very promising. Well, <clears throat> there's certainly opportunities available now that weren't available as little as five years ago. Absolutely and true. And so the whole the whole thing is changing, and with our economy being the way it is, everybody's having to think out of the box, and uh, and and do things that 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 haven't been done before, and and be innovative, and create new ideas and new new concepts and and new ways of doing things, and uh, kudos, and it's uh, for for some people it's working. As we continue with the ABCs, can you tell us about Revamped and, and how and, and and what you did and how you did it to to get it off the ground and then and then get it into the platforms that you're distributing it with? Well, since we're talking about money, um, I was surprised at uh, you know obviously I needed about two hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars to make Revamped. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's the feature length version of Fatal Kiss which is the short I made and sold to HBO. Because of the success of that, <clears throat> I figured I'd be getting all these offers uh, from uh, studios to you know, start directing uh, uh-huh. other films. And I had feature film scripts ready to go. So I took a lot of meetings. And everyone said, oh, we love your short, we love your script, it's terrific, but you've never directed a feature film. You don't have a track record. And my short was 30 minutes, and you know, I said, well, all I have to do is make something twice as, you know, three times as long as this. That's easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but they kept saying no, no, no. And uh, I had some actors lined up, some actor friends lined up that were going to start other projects. And I was very, uh, I had a very small window to go into production, or I was going to lose some of my my name actors. So. Um, uh, what I realized then is I need to get money, and I need to get money now. Well, I didn't actually realize how easy it was to get money to make a movie. I went into my bank. 
I gave them credit cards, and they gave me cash. I couldn't believe how easy it was. <laughs> so basically, I, I, I had to sell finance it. I had some money in the bank, and um, that was it. I, I It was, you know, put up or shut up, and uh, I broke the number one rule in, in Hollywood, and that is don't, don't pay for your own movie. Right, right. But if you look at, uh, you know, the Wayans brothers, uh-huh. and you look at um, a lot of these other very successful filmmakers, Spike Lee, uh-huh. put stuff on credit cards, and they kept moving money around till the movie was done. I mean, sometimes that's the only way it happens. Right. Otherwise, you'll be the guy when you're 80 going, ah, I did this award-winning short film way back when, but I never did a movie. And that wasn't going to be me. I was still excited. And uh, and if I hadn't had the success from uh, my HBO deal, I, I, I can honestly say I'm not sure I would have would have taken that chance because that's, uh, that's a lot of money. But I was jazzed. I knew I had a good product, and that proved to me that I was a good filmmaker, and so um, uh, I did it. That's awesome. Now, we, we should say the downside to that is that some people who do things with credit cards have lots of problems. I mean, and it's not just filmmakers, but I mean, I mean, I have friends who are you know moving money around with their credit cards to try and stay afloat or something like that. Um, it can be very difficult. We're not advocating one way or the other, um, you know, as as a position for the show, but that's what you did, right? I mean, that's that's how you yeah, did it. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't I didn't have a choice. Right. <clears throat> it was put up or shut up time, and you know that little voice of fear that we all have, no matter what it is we're trying to do in life, that says, "Don't do it. You're going to fail. Don't do it. You're going to lose all your money. Don't do it." Um. You gotta you gotta rise above that and and you say no I'm going to do it I I I wouldn't have had my uh, HBO short if I let that voice back then talk you know influence me and um, you you've got a decision make to make right. a big decision and you know uh, do you feel that strongly about your project and your future and your talents. To put everything on the line and say, you know, I'll, I'll worry about the credit card companies later. If it doesn't make money, if it makes money, it's not an issue. If it doesn't make money, and that's that's usually a year down the line, at least if you're you're talking about a feature film, then you know there's a lot of other options and a lot of other uh, things that can happen. So it's uh, it's an individual choice, but it's. It, it, it's really how serious are you about about your career and and what you want to do with your life? Oh, that's awesome! Hey, you know, we're at that point where we're going to have to take a little bit of a break here, um, and we're going to come back. We're talking about the ABCs of making movies with uh, Mr. Jeff Rector. We're talking about how he got his movie uh, revamped, made, and and uh, his career path with that particular film. And we'll be right back. All right, Jeff, we'll be we'll Sounds be great. here. All right, you're listening to Rex Sykes. Dot com or Rex Sykes Movie Beat, the official web address is R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S dot com. Hey, what we want you to do before you leave today is leave comments at the Blog Talk player. 
Uh, you can leave comments and rate and review the shows if you're listening to this as a podcast from iTunes. But don't go away without leaving a comment. And if you're listening live and, you, and you're in the chat room, you can always go ahead and you can tweet out uh, comments and, and suggestions that my guest has made. That helps us extend our reach, makes the show more visible, and allows us to connect with other filmmakers who may not know about Rex Sykes' movie beat yet or uh, about the opportunity they have to listen to my guests, these professional filmmakers like Jeff and others who are sharing uh, their expertise with you for absolutely free. All right, so that's what you can do in return for us. Invite people, share these websites, these uh, uh, radio broadcasts, and, uh, and leave comments. My next guest is Laquanda Plant. She's a regional casting director out of Atlanta. She's going to talk about working the regional market. A lot of people who listen to the show aren't in Hollywood. And whether you're in Hollywood or not, you can learn from Laquanda about what it takes to impress a casting director and make your career happen. But if you're outside of Hollywood, you're going to especially want to hear this show because you're going to want to know how you break into a business in the, in the regional area. And there's regions all over this country that have got lots of work. Sam Christensen was the first casting director to ever have his name put in the front end of a movie. He cast shows like MASH and, and many others, and he's going to be joining us. He's now an image consultant, an expert in branding and image and making uh, celebrity happen. So you're going to want to listen to Sam. He's coming up uh, in April. And as well as Frank Hanna, who wrote the movie The Cooler, he'll be joining us. Peter Marshall will return for uh, the director series we're doing. We're going to be at like part 18. We're talking about working with actors. Ken Mora uh, is a filmmaker. He's also uh, uh, heavily involved with the Burbank Film Festival, as I understand it. He's going to be joining us. Nick Mancuso, actor, director, writer, been on Movie Beat many times before, will be coming back. Gordon Firemark is an attorney. He's going to be talking about legal stuff and about getting funding for your movies. So you're going to want to hear uh, Gordon uh, talk to us. Uh, about that, and uh, and then many others. So I'm going to stop right there. Let me also tell you that the Field Film Fest, a little film festival that I uh, helped create a number of years ago, this is the fourth annual Field Film Fest, uh, is coming up Friday the 3rd of uh, March. I'm sorry, the 30th of March. That's this Friday evening in the uh, Wauwatosa, Wisconsin area at Wauwatosa West High School and it's a field film festival. They're on Facebook. You can look them up. But if you're at in the uh, listening area of, of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Wauwatosa, go to the Field Film Fest, 6 o'clock Friday evening, the 30th. All right. And um, we're back with Mr. Jeff Rector. Ta-da. 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 All right. So cool. So that's awesome. I mean, in other words, you you bit the bullet. You 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 made it happen. You said uh, I'm going to do this no matter what, and you self financed the movie. And then what? I mean, uh, what happened? Because I mean, we're still with this ABCs of of making a good movie. So uh, if you can kind of blend the two together, you then now you got the money. You had some actors waiting. And, uh, you know, some people don't understand what it's like to work with talent, you know, in terms of breaking things down and scheduling a right. day out of days. And, and, but, let's, but the, you know what, let's, let's, let's switch gears and, 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 and talk about talent, and we'll get back to okay. uh, then what happens with the movie. Um, sure. Because we are talking about the ABCs. Uh, before, yep. you, before a camera even rolls, you need to cast your movie. You need to um, put your production crew together. You need to do what's called pre-production, where you, you cast, you hire your director of photography, your sound man, all the, your team, production team, basically, so that you're ready to make a movie. Casting is so important, and it's a real 
pet peeve of mine, especially of, of being a working actor. Nothing makes me more mad or infuriates me more than when I see a film and it looks terrific and it's directed terrific and it really is a good story and the acting sucks because the director hired his friends and you know you go my god he he who knows how much they spent on it but it he did everything right except the casting and it ruined the movie you might as well just throw it in a in a in a trash can cuz nobody will buy it no one will want to watch it uh by the same token if you have a no-budget movie with, you know, a mediocre production team and you've got really terrific actors, uh, like, a, like a Blair Witch Project, let's say, that was made for, I think, $10,000, $20,000, made millions of dollars. If it's shot right, it's done right, and you've got believable characters, you could have a hit on your hands. You could spend $200 million on a movie and have great visual effects, stunts, and everything else, and if the acting stinks, you might as well just flush it down the toilet. And I see it over and over and over again, especially uh, with the film festival, because we've got all these films coming in. And you, you start to watch, it goes, wow, this looks really good. And the minute the people start to talk, you go, oh, no. <laughs> and your heart your your heart just sinks. So, um, guys, you've got to cast good actors. And I'm not talking about name actors because you're probably not going to get any. There are so many hungry actors in Hollywood that just want to work. Even if you're doing a non-union movie and you can't, you know, use Screen Actors Guild actors, there are plenty of terrific actors out there, but you got to work for it. You can't just put an ad in the paper for a weekend, see who shows up, and then and say, well, he's the best we, we saw, and she's pretty good, but he's really great, so it'll all balance out. Everybody had better be great. That's that's uh, very uh, important advice. Very important advice. Well, I think filmmakers fool themselves into thinking that good is good enough, and it's not. Not if you have to watch somebody act for for ninety minutes. Right. Well, it, it, you know, I mean, you, you've pointed out that, you know, you can have all your ducks in the row, but the weakest link is the thing that always makes a film really fall apart. I think there are two of those. One is bad acting and bad sound. If you can't believe the – well, it, you know, obviously bad story, you know, but but if you can't – if you don't believe the characters, you don't you, – you, you're not into the story because they, you can't you can't enter. And if you can't hear it – then you can't enter it either, unless it's a silent movie like The Artist. You know what I mean? I mean, so it seems that the, I mean, ab, having great actors is absolutely, absolutely critical. Well, yeah. Let's talk about the one, two, threes. Uh, and number one is you got to have good actors. Number two, you'd better have a good DP that knows how to shoot it, and you'd better have a good sound guy so you can hear it. And there's really the fourth thing, and, and the, the, the key position 
here is the director. Number one, if you've got good actors, good sound, a great DP, and a lousy director, you've got the same piece of junk. If he doesn't know how to shoot a movie, if he doesn't know how to set up the camera, if he is, if he doesn't know how to direct and do camera positions and coverage and everything else, you still don't have a movie. So That's I would point. say director number one, DP, sound, and then the fourth thing is you better have good actors. Those those are four key things. If any one of those uh, isn't good, you, you're probably not going to have a good film. Excellent point. Excellent point. Appreciate that. So continuing now, we, we, we're we setting on, our on, as they say in the I, business. That's right. Um, with with the notion that you've got your actors and you cast it well, do you have any particular insight uh, that you can share about what constitutes uh, a good actor, good performance, um, what makes someone believable, you know, what makes someone a good actor versus a non-good actor? I think there are a lot of people who just don't know what good acting is. You know, there are young people who now, because uh, anyone can pick up a camera and make and edit a movie and, and put it out there, they do hire their friends sometimes because of the financial constraints, but other times just because they're friends and they want to make a movie, but they don't they don't think about it as a business, which um, is okay if if you don't care, you know. But if That's but right. if you just you know if you decide, hey, you know what, I'm going to make a business. I'm, I'm I want to enter the film business then uh, you got to treat it as business. So now this, these, these young guys, you know, are in the, in, in the casting phase. What, can you, can you, uh, it's a, for me, it's always a hard thing to describe, but you, it's like you can see it when you see it. But can you, can you articulate at all the difference between good acting and bad acting and between what makes someone believable and not believable or, you know, with... <laughs> I, I, well... It's hard. Uh, I I can't. That's that's yeah. that would be a whole other show. Okay. <laughs> just just talking about those differentiations, but the but the the great news is, as as a casting director or as a festival director, um, my job is really easy because all I have to do is pick the best. When I'm looking at all these films, all I have to do is pick the best film. And, I, and I'm doing my job. When you're casting, all you have to do is pick the best actor. Now, that best actor may not be good enough of what you've True. got to choose right. from. But, you know, that's that's on your shoulders. If you only see 20 actors, then you've only got 20 choices. Right. If you're, if you're casting a lead in a movie and you don't have any money, you better see 100 people to find one guy or gal that can pull it off and that's willing to work for nothing or the credit or the, you know, uh, a copy credit and um, Meal. and meals, which right. is what a lot of these low, super low budget or no budget movies uh, are doing. The other thing is uh, chemistry. If you've got a guy and a girl, it's a love story and they're going to be working together you better you better make sure there's a chemistry between those two people 
you can't just have a great actor and, and a great actress. Because if you put them together, and, and we see it in big-budget movies, it just you doesn't know, work. You don't believe that they're in love. You don't believe in the reality of the the situation they're trying to create, and it doesn't work. You might as well not make the movie. You know, again, I'm so glad you brought that up because what what again and and the the thing about a hundred people, I, I love that you say that because um, too often when. Uh, you don't have money, and you don't have, and, and 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 there are projects with a lot of money that that you know suffer from the same mistakes. But but if you don't have money, and uh, you know you're not under any pressure, you don't have a deadline. Nobody's breathing down your back. You know you're trying to make a movie for the sake of making a movie, and you want to get it out there. Then take the time necessary to see enough people to find the best that you can afford or the best that you can get. I love that because. Um, or even if you have a deadline, you know, because it is crucial, and I and I like what you said, because um, too often you don't see enough actors. I mean, you you just don't see enough. And the one advantage that you have that a lot of people don't, but they can learn the same thing, is uh, they can go to short film festivals and they can watch short film festivals. And when you see enough, you know, enough stuff come across you, you know, like, you know, you have enough meals, you can go, well, I like this and I don't like that, and, and I like this and I don't like that. And if you know what you don't want, then you can avoid it. If you know what you do want, you can you, you can find it. If you don't know what you want or don't know what you don't like, then, then you've got a big problem. But the other thing that I really like that you said is the chemistry, because what that says is put them both on film before you shoot your film and see if they work and if they're working right. well together, you know, because that costs you nothing. And it saves you a lot of grief in the long run because if you make a movie and, and they money. just go flat, you know. Yeah. That's, that's a, an excellent absolutely. point. Absolutely. And if you've got no money, then uh, then you can't then then you know you have them act together in two of the you know biggest scenes in the movie or or two of the most emotional scenes in the movie. If it doesn't work there, it's not going to work in the rest of the film. That's right. That's and very, then it's very time good. to recast, and you, gosh, I really, we really liked you, but we had to go a different way. And what are they going to say? I mean, that's 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 acting. It's all rejection. Most of it's rejection. So if 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 you don't have a thick skin and you you can't, your personality or ego can't hear no 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 no, you're in the wrong business. Right. Right. Very good. Excellent point. Because you're going to hear <laughs> fifty no's before you hear a yes. So true. So very, very and, and, true. And people think, oh, you know, oh, people always say I look like a model. Oh, people always ask me if I'm in the movies because I look so pretty or I'm so handsome. They think all you have to do is memor- be able to memorize some lines and you can be an actor. It, it's, it's, it couldn't be further from the truth because even if they could, you put them on the set, all of a sudden the reality of it's going to come crashing down on them. And uh, and the stress level and uh, and, and it's not going to work. I mean, Excellent. you can't you, you can't just go from being a model to an actor. You could, and and there there are, have been models that have turned into great actresses. But you'd better take some acting classes, and you better know the ABCs, and, and at least know what to do when you get on a set, or it's not going to last long. Very good. All right, so. Continuing at the ABCs. 
And by the way, I should let you know, just because I know you had some time considerations, we have about, you know, 12 minutes left unless you can go longer. And if you can go longer, then we've got, uh, you know, at least another half hour or so. Um, sure, sure. Let's. Uh, it's moving along pretty quickly, and I do want to talk about the festival. So, okay. Um, sure. Let's uh, let's keep plodding along, as they say. <laughs> All right. Let's go for it. So, continuing with these ABCs at, uh, for the time being. Uh, what 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 would you like to talk about next? Continuing with the the notion Let me, of let's, let's 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 take a minute here and talk about acting. We we have been talking yeah. about it, but uh, let's let's get a little more into what it is. Right. Uh, I also teach acting classes, and I have an online uh-huh. class called Acting Success. It's a full two hours. You can watch online that 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 has all the ABCs of from casting to photographs to how to get an agent to the business of show business, how to market yourself, everything an actor needs to know. Uh, ActingSuccess.net, check it out. Even if you're a working actor, there's information that you probably don't know. Um, but the first question I ask actors is. Why do you think agents only get 10% of a job when you book it? Because you'd better be doing 90% of the work. They're only doing 10% of the work. They've got hundreds of clients. Actors think, why isn't she thinking of me today? Why? why, uh, I just saw something on Mad Men. Why wasn't I submitted for that? You know, a lot of these actors are so naive to think that uh, you know they're on an agent's mind 24/7. They've got hundreds of other clients they're trying to to get parts for. They, nobody could could keep everybody in their mind that often. And not everything is going to be right for an actor. And uh, a show like Mad Men, you better have some major credits. Doesn't matter how good an actor you are. If you don't have major credits, you'll never get uh, a chance to even audition on a show like that. So that means 90% of the work has got to be done by us. And that is, and I'm going to give you guys a tip out there, there are a bunch of uh, casting online casting agencies you can sign up for and submit yourself. This can be the best tip for you actors out there if you don't know it already. And that is lacasting.com. Castingfrontier.com actorsaccess.com you pay about 60 to 80 dollars a year which is nothing and you type in your name your profile and then you will automatically get sent to you casting notices for things that are right for you within your age range within your look within your gender and then you have pictures posted on there. You click the picture. You've got a resume on there. Instantly, it goes to a casting director. That's unheard of. It couldn't be an easier time for actors to submit themselves. Back in the day, we'd find out that um, they're doing X-Files over at uh, Fox. Right. If you didn't have that casting director's fax number to fax over a picture and resume, and you didn't, 
you'd get into your car, you'd drive over to Fox, you'd put your picture and resume in an envelope and slide it under the door. So our days were dry, literally driving around to all the studios, dropping right. hand-dropping off pictures. Right. Right. Oh, now I they mean, sit at their computer and they can submit for 20 things in, 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 in an hour. It is amazing. It's amazing. And how often were you sitting somewhere and somebody said, hey, they were casting like X-Files at 20th and you would have been right for the role, and your agent or manager or whoever didn't send you, you, you don't have the breakdowns legally, right. you know, kind of thing. And so you find out that they cast it last week. <laughs> right. You know? Right. I or, mean, it was, or you it was, did get the breakdowns and uh, you ran over there with a picture only to find out they, they, they were seeing people the last two days. Right, exactly. Because by the time the, the the breakdown came out, they were already seeing people. Right, exactly. So yeah, you were different... trying to play catch-up. So you've got to world. submit That's yourself. Great. You've got to read the trades. Backstage uh, backstage magazine. Um, you've got to take acting classes. You've got to take these these cold reading classes with uh, with casting directors where you pay 40 or 50 bucks and you get to cold read for them. Now, if you're going to do that, you'd better be prepared. Because casting directors have memories like steel traps. Uh-huh. And if you go in there and you do a, a crappy read because you're not prepared and you wanted to just meet the casting director, they're going to go, ah, oh, Joe Schmo. And then two years later, after Joe Schmo is taking classes and trained and worked really hard and become a good actor, his picture comes back across the desk and they go, oh, Joe Schmo. And you're done. They won't bring you in because you, you, you went in there too soon, and they go, oh, yeah, God, he was horrible. No, that's an excellent sometimes point. Sometimes you only have are... one chance with these casting people, or you've got to wait four or five years to maybe they don't remember, or they see that you've got some credits, and they give you a chance. They see that you uh, have been working. Actors want to jump in and be discovered right away. Sure, everybody does, but it doesn't happen like that. You know, somebody, and I don't remember who it was, but on my show said, you know, everybody thinks that they have to have success yesterday. I know when I was in my teens and 20s, that's what I felt like. If I didn't make it this year as an actor, then all was lost. And then it was, if I didn't make it the next year as an actor, then all was lost. I mean, it was kind of like we set these artificial time frames. And, and, and what this person pointed out, which no young person ever wants to hear, and and by young I do mean in this case chronological age, um, you know, you may have an outstanding career in your 50s and not anything before that, you know. So what are you going to do in the meantime? You know, how are you going to survive? What are you going to do? How are you going to improve your craft? You know, hopefully, you know, you can you can start working close to the age you're at, you know, and, and sustain a career. But but not everybody works right away. So I always I always also applied the last person standing rule. You know, if you're the last person there, uh, and everyone else has gone away, then you're you're going to get the cookie. <laughs> so if if you uh, outlast all of the people who you know you start with, you're more liable to work because you've hung in there and you persevered and you improved your craft than if you try it for a little while and decide, okay, I, I give up. Right. 
It's tough out there. It um, is. And it's tough now because with the bad economy, money is tight. So less things have gone are going into production, which means there's less jobs. Well, Major and the money. Studios, Sony, <laughs> Paramount, Fox, Universal, they're all making less movies because they don't have the money. Well, and the money that, that used to be offered actors 20, 30 years ago is not the money that actors get offered today. Right. They could make... I joined, and now I joined, actors are... Thank you. Actors are working for a fraction of major stars who are getting right. 4 or $5 million a movie, maybe be doing it for a million dollars and back-end profit part, participation because the studios tell them up front, we can't give you $5 million. Right, right. We love you. We know your name will sell our movie, but we've got 20 other actors that we've got to hire. Right. And unfortunately, if you can't do it for a million and back end, we've got to ask uh, our next uh, star we have in consideration if they'll take it. And they probably will. Right, right. You know, there is some good news. So they go, uh, okay, I'll do it. Right. And being the star that they are, uh, there's probably very good money on the back end. But for you other actors out there where somebody says, well, I can't pay you for the movie, but I'm going to give you points on the back end, be afraid. (laughs) Be very afraid because there is no money on the back end. Never money on the back end. If they're lucky enough to even get distribution and they're lucky enough to sell it and they're lucky enough to see a profit, you probably will never see a penny. Right. So, uh, and and as a writer, producer, director as well, you'd better get something up front to pay you for the time you have to take off work or whatever to to do the job, because it's going to be a year or more before that's even a possibility, and even then you're probably not going to see a nickel. That's that's uh, absolutely. The stars are the accurate. only ones, and the, the major. Uh, industry executives are the only ones that make money on the back end because they have high-priced lawyers to back them up and make sure they get the money. Uh, excellent point. The, um, the the good news around what you were saying before, you know, in other words, it used to be. I mean, just as just as a union actor, you know, what scale was at one time was higher than what you could get paid uh, in some movies today because of low-budget contracts and deferments, but. The good news is, is because there isn't a lot of money out there and people want to work, you can oftentimes hire uh, really good talent and, and well-known actors for very little, considerably little money, but, but what they are normally would be getting, because uh, they want to work. And if they right. love your project, yeah. So I mean, there's there's a there's a golden you know side to this to the, to the problems as well there. Well, my my movie is a great great example. If you uh, go to revampthemovie.com, you can see my cast. And for $250,000, you go, oh, my God, how did he get these people? Uh, Number one, I had made a lot of, being a working actor, you make a lot of friends and a lot of connections. So I was able to to get a great DP, and I was able to get get a great sound person, and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, I knew actors that I could go to directly. If you have to go through an agent or manager, forget it. They'll probably never even give them the script. Right. Because if there's not right. enough money 
for again the agent gets ten percent. So if you're not paying that actor enough money, where that ten percent equals something for the agent, they're not interested, and they'll say, "Oh, yeah, he read it and 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 passed on it." Well, I can almost bet you a million dollars that that actor never even saw the script. And the agent or manager killed it because there wasn't enough money in it for them. Well, and nowadays you can call up, uh, depending on how high profile they are uh, or not, you can call somebody up and say, you know, I'm interested in, in so-and-so. And they go, how much money do you have for them? You know, they want an right. offer. Right, first you question can... right off the bat. Well, yeah. there's two questions. The first question is, do you have funding? Yeah. And if the answer is no, you're going to hear a click on the other end of the right. line. Right, right. If the answer is yes, then they say, well, what do you have budgeted? Right. And then you go, well, um, I'm not sure what what your actor, you know, requires. And then they'll they'll throw out some astronomical figure that you can't afford, and that will kill the deal. Absolutely. Oh yeah, Tom would love to do it for uh, his rate is fifty thousand dollars a day. Right. <laughs> you go. Oh, that's my budget. Right. <laughs> and they go, well, uh, good luck to you. Click. And then you get yeah. the click. Yeah. You get another 30 seconds of talk time, and then you get the very, click. Very so true. anyway, back to the – so um, uh, Marty Cove, who was Cobra Kai sensei on all the uh, Karate Kid movies. Yep. He was in Rambo. Done a ton, you know, really, really A-list actor in the 80s, was on Cagney and Lacey. He was a personal friend of mine. He was the first person that said yes. And and no matter what you're doing, you need you need someone good to say yes. And he liked the script, and he was and he liked the script. If he didn't like the script, it probably wouldn't have mattered unless you're giving him a lot of money. Right. He said yes. Then the next actor I had on my list, he said, well, who's... Then the first question out of their mouths, well, who, who else is in it? Because they don't want to be the only star that's in, a, in an independent feature. Uh-huh. I said, oh, uh, Marty Cove just signed on as my uh, lead detective. Oh, shit, I worked with Marty on da-da-da-da-da. I've known him for years. Oh, that'll be fun. Uh, can you send me a script? Absolutely. Then they like the script. Then, then uh, you know, you work out the financials, then they came on board. Sam Jones, who was Flash Gordon in the Universal uh-huh. remake, did a ton of series, uh, episodics, terrific guy. Um, uh, then Sam came on board. Then when you call the third person, you say, well, I've got Marty Cove, Sam Jones. Pretty soon it's, then it was, then, then it's, you know, you've got 20 names to rattle off, and it just gets easier, easier, easier. So there were two parts that I hadn't cast yet, and one was the lead vampire, Vladimus, and the other one was my police captain, who was Marty Coe's boss. Uh, I wanted Fred Williamson, who's a, a African-American actor, Diana. a lot of black exploitation films in the 70s, was in Dusk Till Dawn, terrific actor, I wanted him as the police sergeant. I didn't know him from Adam. Wow. And I didn't have my lead vampire cast, Vladimus, who's the the lead, you know, bad guy in the film. 
and we're already in production. We're we're three quarters of the way through shooting the movie. I shot. I'm shooting everything that doesn't have those guys in it. Uh huh. So uh, I bring on a friend of mine about three quarters of the way through. My first AD had to move on to a, a bigger paying film, and so I brought on another friend. And he goes, well, who's playing Vladimir and who's playing the police captain? And I said, uh, I said, well, it's not cast yet. He said, well, who did you have in mind? I said, well, Fred Williamson for the police captain. He goes, oh, I've worked with Fred. I, I know Fred's manager. So I went, you do? He made a call. I had Fred Williamson. That's cool. He said, who's playing Vladimir? I said, uh, I don't know. He goes, what about Billy Drago from The Untouchables? I said, are you kidding? He goes, no. He knew his manager. I had Billy Drago. Wow. So I cast everybody, and you know things all happened for a reason. And the Lord, I can't tell you how many times the Lord blessed my movie, and some, some weird, wild thing came out of the blue and hit me in the head and went, what? Wow. And then I prayed about it, and just as quickly, he turned it right around and uh, and, and brought these, these people that I didn't even know with literally, literally a snap of a finger because uh, somebody knew how to get directly to them. So oh, I cool. have this great cast, and, uh, you know, names definitely will help sell your movie, even if you only have, uh, uh, you know, one recognizable face in it. Wow. Well, that's cool. That's really cool, and it's great information to have. So um, I'd like to switch gears and talk about the festival if I can. I know we don't. We only have a few minutes left here. We got um, yeah, probably unless about there's eight one. Minutes. Anything else? Well, I just to wanted wrap to up ask the filmmaking aspect. Well, you know what? If, if you're game, we'll have you back at another time if you want, because I'd love to talk to you uh, about the breaking down the day out of days and things, how you how you scheduled your film and and you know some of the budgeting aspects and different different things. So if you've got time at another time, you know we can let listeners know when that would be. So if you want to come back sometime, we'll do that. Uh, but yeah, let's shift gears and and uh, and talk about the. Uh, well, you know, I, I I I'd really like to talk about it now, Rex, because it's happening now. It's yep. something that, that, that I need to promote right now, the filmmaking. We, I'd love to, to go into that stuff another day. That's what I'm saying. We'll but, talk about the, the filmmaking. The is, is 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 happening right now, and there's some events right. that are happening right now that I'd, I, I'd really love to promote. Let's do it. Um, the Burbank International Film Festival, September 5th through the 9th at the Burbank Media Center in Burbank. Um we have recently launched our comedy shorts contest uh, up at the John Lovitz Comedy Club up at Universal City Walk. That's happening once a month. Our next event is going to be Thursday, April 19th at 7 p.m. Uh, for only $10, you can sub- submit your independent short comedy up to 10 minutes long. It can be video, it can be a, a, a webisode. We are also honoring webisodes this year at the festival. Music video, anything funny up to 10 minutes, and it doesn't have to be made within the last two years, which is the criteria if you're entering it as a short film in the festival. This is a completely different short comedy contest. We screen 10 to 12 up at John Lovett's Club. The audience votes, and the top three then go on to the final round 
during the actual film festival in September. So it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Come up to City Walk, have some laughs with us. And uh, if you're an independent filmmaker, you've got a chance, a really great chance to get your film because, what, 3 out of 12, that's 25% chance of getting into the festival. Those are pretty good odds. Because Those are if, good if odds. If you make it in the contest, you become an official selection of the Burbank Film Festival, and then that will help uh, filmmakers get into another festival because they've already been an official selection at ours. That's very cool. That is that is that is awesome. It sounds like a great opportunity for filmmakers to take advantage of immediately because that is coming up, and also uh, to get up there and visit John's club. Oh, it's a great club, and uh, he's a great guy, and they're really great great people up there. Um, just Google John Lovett's Comedy Club. You can see all the uh, uh, great comedians, uh, Kevin Smith. And Silent Bob uh, do the show there, I think, uh, once uh, once a month. They've actually put in a podcast theater uh, in there, so they're doing live podcasts. Just a lot of great stuff happening up there, so I would encourage you to uh, check that out on, uh, on the website about uh, the other fun stuff uh, they've got going. We're also uh, uh, doing a fundraiser on April 28th. Um, uh, visit the website more for that information, and um, we're talking to Disney right now. It's the 30th anniversary of Tron, so we're talking about doing a special screening of the the, the new Tron movie, Legacy, and uh, having some of the, the Bruce Boxleitner and some of the actors to do a Q&A, as well as some of the effects guys that worked on both films, and uh, a lot of a lot of fun events we're going to be having leading up to the festival. We're not waiting for September to just show films. We've got a lot of stuff that's happening now to generate a buzz and and get people really excited about the upcoming festival. Oh, that's very cool. Now, how long has the Burbank Festival been operating? Are you aware? uh, Can you talk a little history of it? This is our fourth year. This is the fourth year. After our fifth year, we'll be eligible for Academy Award consideration. Wow. wow. Our Great. our awards uh, mirror the uh, the Oscars and the Annies. So our sixth year, we will be, uh, any of our films will, would be eligible for Academy consideration. That's pretty exciting. That is pretty exciting. That's awesome. Um, How's that for it, taking an independent film and going right to the top? <laughs> That's not very good. Talk, talk about a fast track. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But it, so, be, but it better be great. <laughs> so, what are can you can you talk a little bit more about uh, the festival, just in general, give people a a little bit of an idea of well, the flavor of it? Well, we're very excited. Uh, we just announced our opening night. Uh, our opening night celebrates diversity and women in film. We're uh, very excited to be screening the world premiere of Cinemability, which is a a film that a documentary that focuses on uh, disability in in the arts in the TV and film some of the films that have that have captured that and some of the actors with disabilities that are working like crazy and some that should be working but kind of get snubbed because of a disability uh-huh. and uh, that's directed by Jenny Gold who's a DGA director and is actually disabled herself 
and uh, in a wheelchair. Oh, wow. um, but uh, she's got some of top Hollywood people talking about it: Ben Affleck, William H Macy, uh, Gary Sinise, who played Doctor Dan, of course, and Forrest Gump, and a lot of actors that have that have portrayed disability. And it is just really terrific, and we are really excited to uh, be having the world premiere uh, of that. And that's obviously going to bring a lot of celebrities out to the red carpet. Our next night will be then the Night of Comedy, which will be the Comedy Shorts Contest Final, along with other uh, comedy shorts that have been festival selected. Friday night, uh, we're looking for a studio film. That will also be our Night of Drama. Uh, Saturday is our day of animation. We are talking to Disney about premiering Sophia the First, which is a new Disney animated series that's going to be launched on Disney Junior this fall. We will be premiering that, along with probably a new Pixar short. Saturday night is our night of science fiction, fantasy, and horror. I'm talking to several studios about screening uh, one of their upcoming horror sci-fi films. And then Sunday is our day of documentaries, and Sunday night is our gala awards show. So it's really a jam-packed five days filled with red carpets, VIP receptions, and uh, celebrity parties. That's very cool. And it all takes place? And the Burbank Media Center, September 5th through the 9th. Uh, tickets are not on sale yet, but when we flesh out our schedule... Uh, of films a little bit, a uh, little bit more. Uh, you can buy all the tickets online right through the website. And the website. And I encourage again. everybody to go and check it out already and, and see see all the exciting things happening. And that's www.burbankfilmfestival.org. And your website is Jeff Rector, J E F F R E C T O R dot com. Correct. And uh, they can go check that out. And then there's revampedthemovie.com. Well, if they go to my website, they can access my movie. My I've got a web series right now, SFN Science Fiction News. So if they go to your website, cool. they I can... host and executive produce that. Awesome. So they can connect with other with they can your movie. With everything they... Jeff Rector. All right, and and your product and and. Uh, and my acting yeah. success course as well. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. I, I th- you've given valuable information to the listeners and to me, and I certainly appreciate it. I uh, look forward to uh, hopefully chatting with you again on air. And two, uh, and by the way, I will call you in just a couple minutes just to 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 uh, to, to close it out. But uh, the show, you know, we're going to have to say goodbye now. And uh, I want to thank you for being here. I wish you best of success with all of your efforts and all of your endeavors. The Burbank Film Festival is definitely a festival that you want to check out. Take advantage of of what Jeff told you about the comedy shorts uh, coming up in April. And if you're filmmakers, please uh, submit your films. We need documentaries, full features, sci-fi, fantasy, horror, animation, uh, the whole schmear. That's very cool. So I really appreciate it. Thank uh, you so much for your time, Rex. You bet, and thank you for yours. So we'll be talking in a couple, uh, just a couple moments, and uh, but for now, officially, uh, goodbye, and thanks for being a part of Movie Beat today. Thank you. All right. 
that was my guest, a fascinating man indeed, Mr. Jeff Rector. Again, actor, lots of credits. Got to go check those out. Director, producer, writer, and stand-up comic. Well, we haven't talked about his stand-up co- comedy at all, but uh, but go check out jeffrector.com and, and see all of the things he's into. And uh, I certainly appreciate him being here today. And I appreciate you, my listeners and readers, for being here today and for spreading the word and leaving comments before you leave the player. Whether you're listening live or archived, please leave a comment at the player where you're listening to this show. If you can't see the window underneath the player right now, when you close the player out, once we say goodbye, the player closes down, stay there and watch for the window to appear, because it will, and then leave a comment. Because when you leave comments and when you share these interviews with other people, both uh, from my website, from Blog Talk, or from the iTunes store, the podcast, which you can rate and review when you listen to those, uh, it increases our visibility, makes us more accessible to other filmmakers who may not know about us. It increases our presence on the Internet, and uh, and that's what we want because uh, I believe this show is a valuable, valuable show. It's been called a master class of filmmaking, a Ph.D. In, in, you know, in what to do and what not to do for filmmaking. Um, you know, it's valuable information. Uh, I want to get it out there to everybody, and the way I do that is to make it available to you, absolutely no charge, and ask you to share it with others. And so please continue to do that and uh, and help me uh, reach them. And I really do appreciate it. By the way, you can follow me on Twitter. It's Rex Sykes Movie BT on Twitter. Rex Sykes Movie BT on Twitter. You can also become a friend of Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook by going to Facebook, clicking the like page on Facebook. Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook. All right. Coming up is the Field Film Festival at the Wauwatosa. It's a hard word to say. Wauwatosa uh, West High School. That's on Center Street in Wauwatosa, the Milwaukee area. And uh, it's 6 p.m. Friday night, March 30th. That's this Friday. It's the Short Film Festival, the Field Film Festival. They have a page on Facebook as well. You can check it out there. And, uh, and and go check out Serum the Movie. It's a new short film that I'm going to be directing, and we're assembling our cast and our crew, and we're in pre-production right now. So Serum the Movie at Facebook. You can also take a look at that. Anyway, I encourage you to uh, stay tuned to Movie Beat. we got lots more exciting guests coming up in the near future, so stay tuned. And please keep sharing the website and these interviews with all your friends and contacts. All right, everybody, have a fabulous day. Make your movie, complete your projects, and until we meet the next time, and thanks to everybody in the chat. I really do appreciate you being there. Thanks for everybody. Until we meet the next time, that is a wrap.